Yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, dismiss CIA as you're taking your seat. And uh, parents, we do want to let y'all know that um, we had ordered those books, and they've been they started last week, and it's just turning out to be a really awesome teaching, but it's too much material to cover in one night. So we've had a lot of workers that have graciously agreed to extend the time. So now it's going to be a 10-week series that they'll be studying instead of five weeks. So God bless all of the workers. I know Pastor Nancy, Cindy are in there tonight and different ones that have stepped up. We do so appreciate that. And is this my fault? Sounds like we got a little too much ringy, ringy here. And T-Way, am I okay? All right. So tonight, uh, we are going to be praying a bit at the end of the service. And I know tomorrow night we're going to be having corporate prayer as well. But as I was thinking about what we wanted to share along the lines of tonight, I just kept thinking about Easter, of course, is approaching going to be a week from Sunday. And at this time of the year, when you think about Easter, most most of us that are born again, one of the first things that we think about is the resurrection and how the resurrection is emphasized. And how many of you are thankful, not only that Jesus died, but that he was raised from the dead. If he hadn't been resurrected, salvation would not have been ratified and we wouldn't be sitting here tonight. So thank God for the resurrection power. And literally, you know, resurrection, if a simple definition of it is that to come back to life. And there have been people even here on the earth that have have died, gone to heaven and come back to life and told, told their story. So that resurrection in and of itself isn't the power of what Jesus did for us. Jesus did not just experience a resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is the life of God. As a matter of fact, you'll remember the account where Lazarus had died and Jesus goes there and Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, they come out to meet him and they're distressed and they're distraught because their brother has died. And it's obvious by what they say to him when Jesus tells them that he's going to be raised again, that they had been taught that, you know, even though our mortal bodies die, that there will come a time for all of those that have believed in Jesus that this mortal body will put on immortality, hallelujah, that we'll get a new resurrected body. But Jesus was teaching them something here that he is the resurrection and he is alive. So tonight I'm going to be reading most of my passages actually out of the King James Version. So if we could look over in John chapter 11 and we'll begin reading at verse 23 and we'll just see what Jesus said to them here. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Verse 24, Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But this is what I want you to see in verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I, everybody say that with me. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Hallelujah. We were dead spiritually, but because we believed in him, we're going to live forever and ever in that wonderful place 
called heaven. So we know that resurrection does speak of life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And that resurrection power flowed into us at the time of the new birth. How many in here are born again? You know that Jesus lives on the inside of you. Well, then we know that that same power that caused Jesus to be raised from the dead is the same power that translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's that same power that caused at the time of the new birth to give us a brand new life, to make us brand new creations in him. Aren't you glad that old things have passed away and behold? all things have become new in Christ Jesus. The new man was raised up together with him and made to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That resurrection life, Jesus is living on the inside of us. And that same resurrection power that took us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life, you know that same power? It'll make your mind sharp. It will cause you to be alert mentally. It'll cause you to be bright. It'll cause your, it'll increase your intelligence. And that same resurrection power will quicken our mortal bodies. I love this scripture found over in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Again, out of the King James Version. But if the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Now, how many testified that Jesus lives on the inside of you? Then that same spirit, you could read it like this. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it does dwell in me. And he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken my mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in me. This spirit, this resurrection power brings life to our mortal bodies. It quickens our mortal bodies. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. If you've ever been tempted to be tired or weary, and who in here hasn't, then you can declare the word of God, but the spirit of God that lives within me, dwells within me, he quickens my mortal body. Last week, Pastor and I were down celebrating our granddaughter's fifth uh, birthday on Saturday. Great big party. And then he came home Saturday night to do the services on Sunday. And on Monday, we got up and we went to California adventure. And we walked all over that place and we rode things. I rode things I'd never ridden. I did the Tower of Terror and was terrified while my five-year-old granddaughter was laughing. You know what I'm saying. But anyhow, it was hot. It was about 90 degrees. We were walking all over that park. And I took the very last flight out Monday night so we could spend as much time as possible at the happiest place on earth. The happiest, the hottest, the crowdest place on earth. But oh, we were happy. So anyhow, got, flew in, got in about 1030. And then the next morning, I woke up. And you know what? I should have started singing. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You all remember that song? Dwells in me, dwells in me. Do you know that song? If that same spirit. Anybody else know it? 
that raised Christ from the dead. I'm dating myself, really. Must be in the 80s. It'll quicken your mortal body. That's what I should have done Tuesday morning. But instead, I laid in bed and went, oh. <laughs> I'm a little sore here and a little sore there. And so then we need to come to the office for something. And I told Pastor, okay, I'll, I'll just drop by for a little while in the afternoon. I'm on real tough schedule. Got here about 2 or something. Dropped by. And then we were, we were in a meeting. And he's looking at me. He's like, you don't look like you're here. And I said, I told you I was dropping by. And I just dropped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we've all been there where we need to say, okay, I know my body is feeling a little tired right now, but even when I'm tired, I still have that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling on the inside of me. And if I will not lean to my flesh and if I will not just talk about my feelings and how I'm, how everything is aching or whatever, but if I will press in and I will declare the word of God, I am promised Resurrection power. Resurrection power is at work in me. What tremendous power has been made available to us. This power that affects our spirits. This power that will help our minds to be removed. Removed. That's good. Well, that might be good. Just get rid of that one and get a new one. But, you know, it doesn't work that way. Renewed. And this power that quickens our mortal body. It's available to us. But we've got to tap into it. I saw a verse today out of a translation. We probably don't have it up there. But it's called the Contemporary English Version. And I read many times out of the book of Ephesians, but I'd never seen it in this translation before. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. You'll just need to listen to this translation. I want you to know about the great and mighty power that God has for us followers. How many in here are followers of Christ? Then he said here, the Apostle Paul had this revelation and he said, I want you to know. I want you to tap into it. I want you to know about the great and mighty power that God has for us followers. And then this connects it to what we're talking about, that resurrection power. It's the same power he used when he raised Christ from the dead and let him sit at the right, his right side in heaven. It's the same power that God used when he raised Christ from the dead and he said, I want you to know that it is mighty and it is great and it is powerful and it's yours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, that made me happy today. Glory to God. And then verse 19 in the Amplified says this. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness. Everybody say, greatness of His power. And where is this greatness of His power? It's in 
and for us who believe as demonstrating in the working of his mighty strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul prayed this powerful prayer under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he prayed that we would have a deeper revelation of the immeasurable, the unlimited. Now when I say unlimited, what do you think about? Some of you think about unlimited buffet. You can go back as many times as you want and pile it high and deep and just keep going back. There's no end to the supply. There's no end to the fried chicken or the whatever, you know. Unlimited means no end. And then he said, surpassing. Surpassing is this. I looked this up. Surpassing is excel to be superior, to go beyond the limit or the capacity. Does that make you happy? It made me happy. That's what he's saying here. I want you to know. I want you to get a revelation of this power that is at work in you. It's immeasurable. It's unlimited. It is surpassing. There, It goes beyond any limit or capacity. There's no, you can't measure the power of God. You can't put a limit on his ability and his power. It's immeasurable. It's unlimited. Going beyond. There's no boundaries. There's no barriers. There's no beginning. There's no end to his love and to his power that he has freely extended to us. Pastor's been talking about it even this year, that one of the things he's emphasizing is our God is a God that is a too much God. He's too much. He's, he's into overflow. He's into abundance. When it comes to blessing us, when it comes to extending love and mercy, but in context of this scripture, it's letting us know that God is just way out too much, even when it comes to displaying his power. Where? In us. For us. No limits to what he'll do to him that believeth. Who hint to him that will use their faith and stand upon the word of God. Immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing grace, power, mercy, love made available in us and for us. But did you know that it's not just the power to be on the inside of us? Not just power that he wants to display for us. But Jesus wants that revelation of this power working in us that it should flow out of us. He prophesied 
over in the book of John. And we'll look at John chapter 7, verse 38 out of the Amplified. This is Jesus prophesying of the time when the Holy Spirit would be poured out and believers would have that power, be endued with power from on high and have the Holy Ghost power inside of us. He said this, He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs of living water. What is this saying? It's saying in our prayer life, in our prayer life, that power should flow through us. We shouldn't be praying just weak, religious, rote prayers. We need to get it branded on the inside of us that when we pray, power, life flows out of our innermost being. And it makes a difference. It shakes the kingdom of darkness. It destroys yokes and bondages. James had a revelation of how powerful this prayer force ought to be coming out of us. James chapter 5, verse 16, out of the Amplified. The first part of it, of course, is confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also, now this is important, pray also for one another, that you may be healed and restored to spiritual tone of mind and heart. Now, this is what I want you to see right here. As a matter of fact, let's all read this together, this last part. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. How many of you in here tonight are righteous? Now, not everybody raised your hand, but if you are born again, you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, your sins are washed away. The blood has given you access to the throne room of grace. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 that we are to come boldly to the throne room of grace. We are not unworthy worms. We are not Sinners, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's not by our own works. Our own righteousness is as filthy rags, but it's by His work that He did. It's by the work of the cross. The shed blood has caused us to be put in a position of right standing with God. That's what it means to be righteous. And that's why it's so important to know who you are in Christ Jesus. To know what we have been given according to the Word of God. If you don't know a full assurance that you're in right standing with Him, if you don't know that you have been made worthy by the blood of the Lamb, then you will not come boldly to the throne room of grace 
on behalf of your own needs and on behalf of others. Doubt is the badge of wavering. And people waver because of a lack of knowledge. Not just a lack of knowledge of what the Word promises according to what we're praying for, but a lack of knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus. When I first went to Raymond, you know, Pastor Mark and I met there in 1976. Yeah, I know, that was eons ago. And don't we look good for being that old? But anyhow, (laughs) when I first went to Raymond, I came out of a good Bible-believing church, and I'm thankful for my rich spiritual heritage. But, we, you know, we had a lot of inspiration, a lot of preaching. I, that's why I like preaching. It's in my blood. A lot of preaching, but there wasn't a whole lot of teaching. And it was such revelation to me when we began to learn at Rhema, what? Who I am in Christ Jesus? Brother Hagen had a little mini book, and we have it in the bookstore. In him, realities. I devoured that. I started reading that and confessing that. And what? I'm made righteous? What? I'm a new creation? I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus? I had loved Jesus all of my life. I'd read the Bible through at that point at least once, but I did not have the reality, the redemption realities. And when I began to get a hold of that, what? Who I am in Christ? And then the other thing that just revolutionized my spiritual life was the authority of the believer. They go together. When you know who you are in Christ Jesus and you know that you have been given authority in his name, there is, God has given him a name that is above every name. And at the very mention of his name, demons bow at the mention of his name. Every knee shall bow. Every name under heaven bows Amen. to the name of Jesus. Jesus' name contains authority. And yet he turned around and And he said, all power is given unto me. And I'm giving it unto you. That changed my life to know who I was in Christ Jesus. And I didn't have to be afraid to go to the throne room of grace and to declare the promises of God. And I could boldly take authority over the works of the devil. And he had to flee in Jesus' name. Woo, it's important to know that we are righteous. It's important to know who we are in Christ Jesus. Now back to this verse. That was still, that was all good nonetheless. I should have gotten an amen on that. That was all good, wasn't it? So this passage, first of all, tells us that we are to pray for one another. What kind of prayers? Not weak religious prayers. Oh, bless them, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Help them, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Help them, help them, help them, Lord. No, we are to pray earnest, heartfelt prayers. Not dead, ritual, religious slogans. But heartfelt. Prayer, effective prayer, always comes from our heart 
Because prayer is like a circle. Prayer, really, it should come from the throne of grace. And he should drop it into our heart, the utterance that needs to be given over that situation. And when it comes into our heart, then we lift it back up to him. And it's a circle. And it's complete. Because the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us, he knows exactly how to pray over that situation. And that's why we're so thankful for the power of praying in the Holy Spirit that gives us divine utterance. That's heart felt. That's earnest prayer. It's not trying to conjure up something in our mind and it's not trying to manipulate people. Oh God, make them do this. Oh God, tell them to stop doing that. No. It's getting that utterance. It's real easy to put our own reasoning on our prayer and like, oh God, they need to do this. They need to go there. They need to quit doing that. You know, that stuff, it's, it's not heartfelt. And it's not going to contain the power, that prayer coming right from your spirit. Well, that's earnest. That's heartfelt prayer. And then he goes on here and he says, this prayer, it makes tremendous power available. Tremendous power available. That same word there, power, is the same word used to describe the resurrection power. What we're talking about tonight is resurrection praying. If I was going to give this a title, resurrection praying comes from knowing that that resurrection power on the inside of us, that it's tremendous power, and it is far greater than any other force. Now listen to this. I wrote this down today, and I want to read it just like it came. It flows out of us like a rushing river, and nothing is a match for that mighty force. Power that is greater than any other force flows out of us like a mighty rushing river. And nothing is a match for that mighty moving force called life, called resurrection power that flows out of our spirits when we pray. And you know what? Prayer, when we pray, it's not just our prayers going up to heaven and then God sending the answer down. That's a part of it. But we need to see our prayers as this. Our prayers are a supernatural resurrection power residing on the inside of us. And when we pray, that power leaves our spirit man and it goes to meet whatever the need is. That power flows out of us as a force and it goes and it literally stands against the evil plots, schemes, and uh, strategies of the devil. It's the most powerful force in this universe. Resurrection power. And it's in us. And when we pray, it flows out of us. 
And it doesn't matter what the devil's trying to do in your life or your family or, or someone that you know or people that you don't even know or just led to pray for the lost, for an area. It doesn't matter what the devil's trying to do. There is no evil force that is a match for this resurrection power of God that lives in us and flows out of us when we pray. We need to see it like this. When we pray, it's not just power coming down from heaven. Certainly it is. But when we pray, if we'll get this revelation, that it is also power flowing out of us. So you got the combination. When we're praying by faith and we're praying the perfect will of God and we're praying the word of God, we can expect a mighty moving force of power to come down from heaven, but also to flow out of us. And when those two meet, this power coming down from heaven and this force flowing out of us, there's an explosion in the realm of the Spirit that causes, that destroys and blows up plots, schemes, and strategies of the devil. Our prayers are like spiritual dynamite. He said when we pray, there is tremendous power available, dynamic in its Working. What's dynamite do? It blows things out of the way. The devil likes to set up hindrances and bondages in people's lives. But when we pray in the Spirit under the unction of the Holy Ghost, boom, those things are blown up. Those things are destroyed. Christians. Our lives, our prayer lives are supposed to be combustible. What happens when you've got power, dynamite, and you have fire? You light the fuse. There's an explosion. And that's what we ought to see happening when we pray. And it doesn't matter whether you're loud or you're in your car or you're at work just praying under your breath. The loudness of it doesn't have anything to do with it. But the effectiveness of it is knowing what's happening in the realm of the Spirit when you are releasing that power. God wants His people to be ignited. He wants our prayer life to be on fire. Dynamic. Tremendous power available. Years ago, I was preaching about the Holy Ghost and fire. And this just comes to me. And what time do we get done on Wednesdays? I've only been here 32 years. How would I know? Anyhow, I know. (laughs) I know. We got time. Anyhow, this just comes to me. Some of you might be losing you a little bit. So let me tell you an illustration here. Years ago, I was preaching about the Holy Ghost and fire, and I was reminded of when I was a kid. I don't know, I think in California these things are illegal, but where we grew up, anybody ever play with black cat firecrackers? I've asked that before, and people in California are like, no. Well, they were great, big, huge firecrackers. They were black, and they had a cat on them, and they were super powerful. Lester, you would love them. They're still legal in in Oklahoma. (laughs) 
I mean, that could blow things up. We'd blow up cans. I, I won't gross you out telling you all the things that we used to blow up, but there was some bad stuff. Yes, you remember, frogs, whatever we could find. We'd just knock them on the head, put it, wrap it up, put it in their mouth, and it was pretty awesome. Anyhow. But we'd be so, dis- we'd be so upset if we'd wrap these black cat firecrackers. Man, one of them was pretty powerful, but you wrap a bunch of them together and you got a major explosion. But we'd be so upset if we'd go to light those things and we'd have all this stuff lined up that we were going to blow up and we're just waiting for this boom, kaboom. And you'd light it and then right before the firecracker would go off, it would sizzle and fizzle and go out. And you know what you call those? Duds. And we were so mad. Oh, no. It's a dud. And one time I was preaching on the Holy Ghost and fire, and it came up in my heart. The Spirit of God said to me that, he said, that's how I feel about some of my people. I put the power of God on the inside of them. I've ignited them with the Holy Ghost and fire. I've lit their fuse and right before they're supposed to explode and blow up things of the devil, they sizzle and they fizzle and they go out. And the Lord said, and then I sit in heaven and go, oh no, they're a dud. (laughs) Don't be a dud. You got the power? Resurrection power, and you got the fire of the Holy Ghost to light the fuse that causes tremendous power to be made available, dynamic in its working. Red hot power boiling out of us, regardless of the situation. No matter how big the problem, no matter how large the stronghold, or how hard their heart may seem, how awful the disease may be racking their body, there is a greater power. There is a higher authority. There is a stronger one. And He lives in us. And he wants to flow through us with resurrection praying. Hallelujah. If that same power could raise Jesus out of the pit of hell, if that power could give us newness of life, don't you think it can destroy bondages over your loved ones? Don't you think it can set? the captives free. Don't you think it can bring sight to the spiritually blind? Don't you think that same resurrection power can heal the broken hearted? It can bring deliverance to the poor. Hallelujah. It's in us. It needs to do its job. Hallelujah. Everybody stand. We're going to spend the last bit of our time tonight letting that resurrection power flow out of us. But I want to lead you in this confession. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, let's just raise our hands for a moment and just thank Him. We thank you for that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's alive in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
you. It's quickening our mortal bodies. Oh, it's restoring our soul. Woo! Thank you for that resurrection power. Now, I want you to say this, with, mean it with all of your heart. Nothing's too difficult for my God. Nothing is greater than this resurrection power. This resurrection power is working in me. It's working for me. And it's flowing through me. I let it flow. And let it bring life. Everywhere it goes. It brings life into death-filled situations. It brings life to those that are lost. It brings healing to those that are sick. It brings deliverance to those that are oppressed. Thank God for this resurrection power. Hallelujah. Now, Father, woo, in the name of Jesus, we release resurrection power.